Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a full dive of all the news, discussion, and insights you need for virtual reality gaming. This podcast is brought to you by Asterian Products. They're a top-selling company on Amazon. They design great products for VR and AR. Check out their Asterian Aura VR headset stand. I'm J-Rat, a VR YouTuber and streamer. And I am Matt Bratt, a VR enthusiast who feels bad shooting dancing people in Pistol Whip. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know our podcast. We're here to keep you up to date in the VR realm. We answer questions from our communities. We talk about the latest, greatest VR news. And then, of course, we discuss the games that we've been playing recently, if you couldn't tell that hint to one already. Of course, if you haven't seen our YouTube channel come out, we're sitting here face-to-face, -face, so you can come hang out, engage with us through the comments, the likes, and all that YouTube stuff. We had some questions, of course, from our Discord. And the first one from Block here, thoughts on Bone Lab. Do you think it's going to be revolutionary, as some people, including of course, Block, are calling it. Rate your excitement on a scale of 1 to 10. I got to throw out there, of course, if you haven't heard of Bone Lab, it's hard to imagine you're into VR and you don't know. But Boneworks was a game that came out a few years ago. It was almost more of a sandbox physics engine than a game. But it still had some game to it that you could play and play through. And it was really cool. But there was all kinds of stuff you could grab and move. The weapons had real physics to them. Now, Bone Lab looks like a more bona fide real game that is coming to Oculus Quest later this year. Bonafide. And I'm going <laughs> to keep my, my excitement in check. I'm going to give it about an eight because it looks really good from the trailer, but I've been burned so many times. Nat, what do you think? <sighs> okay, this is terrible, but I've heard like people talk about Bone Labs a ton and blah, blah, blah. And you're saying, oh, you can't be in VR and not know this, but I'm like, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I don't keep up enough on certain games because I'm like, I, I don't really know. I just hear people say that it's cool. You've expressed before that you're not super into VR shooters, and obviously the trailer shows a gun in hand, but it does look really cool. The trailer shows like these on these caves and the the lighting and everything looks really good. I didn't even realize it was a game like Boneworks for a while in the trailer. I feel like they purposely hid that kind of to build some excitement. So I, I don't know. I think if you're out there and you haven't heard of this, like now you need to check out a trailer and see because the trailer does look really good. It has me excited, but I just feel like so many times I've been really excited about a VR game. And now I just I just need one to show me again that it's going to deliver on that trailer. So hopefully Bone Lab is the one. Yeah, I think I saw the trailer, but promptly forgot it because it wasn't different or exciting enough. Oh, <laughs> uh, people are going to be mad at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, so we had another question from Shafe Dog, or actually two questions, a two-parter here. What's your Mount Rushmore of VR games? And then on the flip side, what's the one game you heard so many positive things about, and when you tried it, you thought it was trash? I th I think that's breaking into the same question. I guess I guess Shape Dog is insinuating that if you actually go to Mount Rushmore, it sucks, but people say it's really good. So I no, think no, that's no, what no, they no, mean. No, 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 because no, no, because he had examples, and the Mount Rushmore games were like good games, or were they ones like people Astro said were good Bot. and Shafe thought they sucked? Shafe's a bit oh. of a contrarian. Oh shoot! Well, you uh, probably know better than I do. Then. <laughs> I guess. Well. When I first looked at this question, I was thinking Mount Everest and not Mount mm -hmm. Rushmore. And then I'm like, wait, Mount Rushmore is like the president mountain. Yeah, president mountain. And apparently when you really go there, it's not as cool as people this. think. 
<laughs> you, I think he you means, take it away. You take it away. <laughs> I think he really means like Mount Rushmore. People say once you go, it's not as good in person as you think it's going to be. Oh, so I think it's the same thing Is here. that a thing people say about it? I, I feel like I I've heard I've that heard once this. or twice, but I don't live near enough to know. I've never been there. But Mount anyways. Rushmore just makes me think of the movie Richie Rich. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Uh, well, so okay, so what's some games that you people said were going to be really good and you tried it and you were disappointed? Okay, first, I have to say I'm really sad that Shavedog said Astrobot was one for him because Astrobot's amazing. Anyway, uh, I feel like Res Infinite, I mean, I feel like some of these we've talked about before. I, I didn't play much of Res Infinite, but people were like, oh, this is the most amazing game and it'll change your life. And I tried it and it's like, okay, it's kind of cool, but not that cool. So I guess that's Yeah, Rez was one of them for me. Another one was Tetris Effect. Both of these games end up on people's top 10 best VR games list, best VR games of all times list. And so I think by the time I'd heard that so much, I walked into both of them thinking I was going to have this amazing experience. And neither one is a terrible game. You know, they're both pretty. They both have, obviously, it's Tetris. How can you go around that? And then Res, of course, is based off the old Res, and people love that. So they're both fine games. And I don't think either one is an amazing example of what VR can do either. Yeah. So I think both of them for me, I tried, I wouldn't say it was quite trash, but it was like, eh, it wasn't nearly living up to the hype that everyone else built on it. Yeah. I, yeah. I think those are my main ones just because I don't, I don't see how those live up to the hype, but other ones that are really popular, like super hot pistol whip, Astrobot, those kind of games that have a lot of hype around them. I really enjoy. So yeah. Yeah. They live up to yeah. it. I would say. So, so Polite had a question. Polite is newer to VR and asked, as someone who got into VR during the early Quest days, what did I miss? Like, what was the state of VR before I got into it? So pre-Quest, we're talking, of course, PSVR, Oculus Rift, and HTC Vive, basically the oh. old era of VR. Now, what do you think Polite missed out on? Oh, Polite missed out on so much. Even the Gear VR. I know some people might laugh about talking about liking the Gear VR because it's so old and crappy now. But it was so cool when Gear VR first came out. It was pretty new. And it was just, it was cool to be on like the cutting edge, I guess. I guess not. I don't know. In the beginning of VR when it was still like new and exciting and one of the things was like being able to show your friends like you don't have a whole lot of people that had vr already and just having better quality <laughs> headsets um not saying that the quest 2 is terrible because it really is good um especially for you know the price point but we were heading for better things before the quest so i think um, Polite, what you missed out on was like the excitement, seeing things getting better and things getting better more quickly back then. And then also just being able to show your VR to people that didn't really even know what it was, was really cool. You could probably talk more about that because you showed a lot of people VR. <laughs> Well, a lot of the things that Polite also missed was like, it was the early days when people were still experimenting a lot. Mm. We didn't have pretty much every game use grip buttons to grab things and, mm. and triggers to shoot guns. And, you know, it was still a mess. Some <laughs> games used really weird movement styles that weren't 
at all succinct with other games that were out. So it was a rough time in that way, but it also was cool because all kinds of companies were entering the space. Bethesda came in, of course, and dropped, you know, Skyrim and Fallout VR. We got these huge titles. Half-Life Alex was this like big deal when we found out that was coming to VR. It was like, this is going to push VR mainstream. But like you mentioned, we had a lot of companies trying to make bigger, better VR games because PC and PlayStation could handle it. And once Quest came in and took over the market, it's kind of like we aren't seeing much of that anymore. It's like all the developers kind of stepped away and said, okay, we'll let these little games come out or if Facebook pays us to make a game it'll come out. But otherwise, a lot of the big developers have kind of left the scene for a while waiting for the strong enough hardware to make the games they actually want to make. Mm. So we're stuck with, you know, vacation bubble odyssey coming out on quest two, where you shoot bubbles at a puzzle or something until the next big grand theft auto game or something that Facebook has helped paid for actually comes out. So you missed a lot of experiment, but you did also miss some good stuff. You know, PlayStation VR and PC VR had some really big and incredible games. And if you get a chance to link up your quest to your PC, I mean, go back and check out Asgard's Wrath, Lone Echo, Half-Life Alex. Go back and check out these huge titles that haven't been made on Quest yet because Quest just can't handle it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. There's there's been good and bad. The Quest 2 is an amazing piece of hardware and it's made things really approachable, but instead of like making VR bigger, better, stronger, we went and made it really approachable and easy for everyone, which made us kind of take a step back in the games department for a while. So, hopefully the next headset will change that and get us some more stuff going or at least that PSVR 2 cuz I want some more of those big story involved games again. It's been too long since I've found a VR game that pulls me in for hours on end. Yes. I Despite what Shafe Dog says, I am ready for some Astrobot 2. Yeah. Yeah. Astrobot Shafe was beautiful. Dog fun game we got vr news to talk about but before we go into the news you know we got to tell you about our sponsor of the podcast they've taken care of us for a long time so we want to take care of them asterian products if you haven't checked them out on amazon their asterian or vr headset stand has been on sale lately 20 bucks 25 bucks and if you use code full dive 10 you get another 10 percent off it's beautiful rgb lighting and I've got a bunch of them here on my desk because they're so nice. They hold your stay, they hold your VR headset or go check out their Vertex if you want something for your VR gaming headphones. Beautiful products. <sighs> Speaking of the Quest 2 and stuff, <laughs> Meta or aka Facebook has decided they're going to do something new. So you might have heard out there there's now a Horizon Home. Horizon is just the word they smack on the front of everything. Basically, it's just a home environment like Steam Home or PlayStation Home back when that was a thing. It's an environment you walk into your headset and suddenly you're in your home that you've customized, but now you can bring other people in to come hang out with you in your home. And as part of that, they've now started a streaming option in your home where you can stream some Lionsgate movies right now. Lionsgate movies like Gods of Egypt 3D or Leprechaun, kind of random obscure titles, but they're going to be changing these each month, they announced. And this is kind of a cool thing because it's it's almost stepping on big screen's toes. Big screen is an app where you go into a private movie theater with your friends and you watch a movie or you watch YouTube together and hang out. Well, now Meta's making it so you don't even have to get into that app. You can just pop your headset on, be home, invite your friends over, and you can now watch a movie or something together in home. Yeah, interesting, Meta. I feel like I feel like it's kind of interesting. I mean, it feels kind of mean to big screen, but of course, 
I feel like whenever something cool comes out, Meta's like, we want that for us. And they like swallow up everything that's good and make it their own, basically. Um, I know big screen's still kind of, I mean, not super mainstream, but it's a really cool app. So yeah, I just feel like Meta's trying to get in on it, have another thing that's part of their thing so they can listen to people while they're watching movies. Um, (laughs) It's funny because during the pandemic, I really missed going to the movie theater because I love going to the movies and like just going somewhere to see a movie and like the feel when the audience is there and like everyone's reactions and stuff, especially when it's like a really good movie or like a big franchise or something, just like hearing the gasps and the laughs and the stuff is so fun. Um, And I kind of wanted something like that in VR, but now that you can go to a movie theater again, I feel like I'd rather just go to the movie theater. (laughs) I guess this is cool for like, if you had a friend that was like far away, um, that you could watch a movie with that would be cool but yeah it's offering you that and i know that actually big screen and facebook got in a little bit of a tussle back in the day they were having some mm. issues with their fees and movie rental costs and this part i it's been a long time so don't quote me on this but i want to say that meta actually tried to buy big screen or offer to buy big screen something and they like refused and then there's been these these talks of how basically if Facebook tries to buy you and you say no, they'll destroy you. Uh, and so now here we are potentially seeing that outcome. If if my memory's correct about that, we're seeing them be like, okay, how can we make a feature that's simpler? Because big screen is not super user friendly. You got to get in, yeah. you got to have like a friend code that's or a true. room code. It's not great. So they're like, we're just going to have this in your home ready to go. You just invite your Oculus friends straight over. You don't have to go through all this. And if they actually start adding a lot of ways to watch content youtube other movies good movies then this could this could be the nail in the coffin for big screen and that's what we've seen meta do to tons of different companies so i wouldn't be surprised to see that happen Mm -hmm. it's so sad i feel like it's inevitable that we have to talk about meta all the time on the podcast because just most of the vr stuff that's going on right now is on the meta platform but you know the quest 2 but it's I feel like it's just getting kind of tiring talking about them all the time. And it's just sad to see the kinds of things they're doing like this. Like other people should be able to or other companies should be able to do stuff and be able to do it and not always have to get steamrollered by Meta. So I do understand like, yeah, they want to make their own thing that actually works well um, and is user friendly, which is cool. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just in a hater mood. (laughs) <laughs> but it just it would be cool if I think about it and think about like oh a friend that's far away it'd be cool to be able to like watch a movie with them although I yeah. still feel like for now while the avatars are still kind of simple I feel like we're still a ways away from it being super cool but it's kind of yeah well we can talk about something that's not meta for once uh there was a recent announcement there was a recent announcement about the valve index saying that it is still one of the best selling products on steam uh it's three years old now the valve index it's still a thousand dollars as it was when it launched which i think is kind of wild like that's and three year old tech three years ago over three years ago 
Mm-hmm. I mean, in the tech world, how often is something three years old and we're still paying the absolute full price without a single sale or anything? I mean, wow. in the phone world, you wouldn't even hardly own a phone sometimes that's three years old, let alone this. But that being said, basically, uh, even with the quest, the quest two taking over uh, Steam charts and everything, the index is still maintaining around 16% of all the headsets used on Steam, which is pretty good because that includes the Mm -hmm. Quest, that includes the cheaper Rift S that we had before, the Reverb G2, that includes every headset, and the Valve Index is still holding about 16% overall. One thing that I kind of want to discuss, though, about this, that some people would say, oh, that's a good thing that it's still holding on to that. I actually hear this, and I think this is extremely negative, Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you why. Three years after any headset came out, Granted, it can be a revolutionary, amazing headset, but we should have had enough better stuff come out that mm-hmm. it's not still one of the top headsets. True. And behind Meta headsets, Valve is the next highest, and then HTC with Windows Mixed Reality at the very bottom of the pack here. Mm-hmm. It's been three years, and because of Meta monopolizing the entire industry, we haven't gotten enough competitors in the space. So now, basically, you either own a meta headset or maybe you own a valve index because you care about vr and you spent a little more money mm. dang it we're talking about meta again <laughs> it's, it just creeps into every conversation it really does and yeah it, that is a really good point and kind of what even we talked about in the q a section is that quest or meta kind of killed that forward momentum that was happening because we were getting new headsets we were getting innovations and now meta's killing all the innovations because they're cranking out what should be an $800 headset at $300 because they're mining everyone's information and that's that extra $500 right there um this is a really hater episode (laughs) (laughs) we're also recording this episode much later at night than we normally ever do (laughs) so maybe that's part of the mood here but yeah it's definitely it's it's frustrating because we love vr obviously we're here on the podcast we love it but it's so easy to get caught up in this how much damage meta is doing well at the same time they're getting vr to everyone spreading it around the world but at the same time because they made an 800 headset 300 PlayStation or Windows or HTC mm-hmm. can't make a competitive headset with them that should cost $800 and sell at $800. No one's going to buy it when the Quest right. is so much less. Pico Neo 3 came out and it's six to $700, basically the same as a Quest. There's, there's things that are better and all that, but that much more money, people aren't going to go pay that much more when they get a comparable experience with the Quest 2. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's great that they've spread VR everywhere, but they cheapened it so much in effect, which yeah. just hurts us. Yeah, it's just a really double-edged sword because mm-hmm. it's great for it to be out there. It's great for it to become more mainstream, but we want to see innovations and we want to see things moving forward and we don't want to see a full monopoly. I feel like Meta has enough of a monopoly on enough of stuff. Let's let some other businesses <laughs> Do some other stuff here. Um, Why let other businesses get money when you can have all the money? True. True. (laughs) Capitalism. Maybe they can think of something better, but then you just buy them, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I. uh, There's definitely two sides of the coin, um, but 
yeah, that's a really good point that it's cool that index is still holding on and still has a chunk of the market, but it's also really sad that it's the same headset from three years ago that, you know, isn't as amazing now as it was then because it's been three years. So I feel like that's that. (laughs) Yeah. So let's move on to, I'm really excited about this next news piece, even though it is something that's on the quest, but we can talk about like some other stuff with this one. So um, there's a startup um, Immerse that is having a, an app is coming out on the quest that, or I guess it is out um, that wants to help people learn languages in a better okay. way than apps like, you know, Duolingo and stuff like that. A lot of people have those, but instead of um, just, you know, learning vocabulary by rote and things like that, it's supposed to be a more immersive experience um, where you're like in an environment and you're talking to actual people um, and it's supposed to give you more of that like experience as if you're, you know, going to a country and speaking the language with people um, to help you learn better because it, they had a great video that was like, you know, you're when language is about connecting with people, not about, you know, learning just the vocabulary and without that connection, you're not going to get it as much, which I, I can see. And so the thing that comes with this though, is a hefty price tag of for now, it's a $45 monthly membership fee, which is pretty significant. And then it's going to be up to $60 a month when they add more languages, because currently it's just English and Spanish. Um, It does come with 12 live VR sessions per month um, that are facilitated by an expert language guide. So that's like real in real time. Yes. That makes the price more reasonable. Okay. What else? And yeah, even just that. And also 24-7 access to a social lounge for live conversation practice. Nice. Personalized feedback and weekly events to build new community and cultural insights. So that's some of the stuff where, like you can see in their video, that it's like instead of just talking about things related to restaurants or something, you're in like a restaurant environment. You're hearing the sounds that you would hear in a restaurant. You're seeing the things that you would see in a restaurant. So it's more true to life to help you really access that language better um, rather than having it be kind of in a vacuum like a lot of um, language apps and even language classes. So I'm that's really cool. Yeah, it sounds it's expensive. But I think to myself, if they if they really flesh out this app and have it really function like it sounds like it is or it should, then if I had to, you know, be in Japan in six months, this would be the way to go. Yeah, it's 45 Mm -hmm. bucks per month. That's an investment. But this would probably be the fastest way short of going and staying in Japan to learn the language. Uh, so that's really cool. The live lessons, the lounge and everything. I really like that idea. But that price tag, I mean, unless someone has to be there soon and needs to learn it fast, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, I can just do Duolingo. And then they're going to get there and not know hardly anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's a lot of live lessons, 12 a month. That's like three a week. So I feel yeah. like this is like similar to like a college course. Mm-hmm. Um, it. And it has even more than that. So I feel like, you know, it's probably cheaper than a college course. Yeah, college um, courses are expensive. So, 
Yeah. Um, and it sounds really cool. I, I like that it has like the um, lounge where you can talk to people and practice because that is scary. Actually mm-hmm. talking to people in another language. And I, I actually took four years of Spanish in high school and I was like, ooh, I know some Spanish. And I tried to talk to someone one time and it did <laughs> no. not go well. No. I was like, I like said one thing and then they said one thing back and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. so, um, yeah. And I think it definitely would help to have it be something where you're talking with other people. You have a facilitator person there that can guide you and, you know, help you with your pronunciation and stuff like that. And it also sounds fun, which I think is also important because like, there's like the meme of the Duolingo owl thing being like, Duolingo is sad because you haven't gone on the app in 45 days or whatever. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason that's a meme. It's because, you know, for a while you'll be, on your language app and be doing well with it. And then you'll be like, this is freaking boring and you'll stop. So this, I think that's also one thing that's kind of good about the price point is that, um, you know, if you're paying for it, you're probably going to be more likely to use it because you don't want to just waste that money that you just spent. Mm-hmm. And so although it is quite a lot and not, a, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't be able to afford that. It's something that could you know, help people actually do it and be accountable. Um, And there also are some uh, free trials that are available. It's pretty new. So they want people to try it. So um, that's a nice thing too. You can start the free trial and then see like if it actually is good, if it actually does motivate you to do it. Um, And if it's not, then don't do it. (laughs) I hope people try it because I want things like this in VR to succeed. I want it to be good and I want it to help people. And I want people to talk about how this helped them learn a language and spread that, you know, that's where I always, I want to go support these things when I hear about them, read about them because it's VR has so much more power than just gaming. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize that, you know, they think, Oh, this is just a video game console. No, you could change your life with VR and we need these kinds of apps to help people see that that's an option. But You can still game on it. So let's talk about some VR games. (laughs) Uh, But first, I have a question for you out there. Where is your VR headset sitting right now? Is it on the floor? Please tell me it's not. Is it in the box it came in or does it have a beautiful throne like it deserves? Because if you don't have a beautiful (laughs) throne, you need to check out AsterianProducts.com. There's a link in the description, a link in the show notes. You can go there. Use code FULLDIVE to save $5 off any order, $19.99 or more. And that means you can get your own Aura VR headset stand that has a beautiful glow that makes people who come over go, hey, what is that sitting there? That's my VR headset stand on its beautiful stand. Check them out. Use code FULLDIVE on Amazon. So we've been playing a game called Cookout, a sandwich tale. Nat, what is this? So we've talked before about there was some other game. I can't even remember what it's called now because this one's so much better. <laughs> mean. Um, but it's this really is like, oh my gosh, what is, I just had the name of the game and then I forgot. Overcooked. Overcooked. Thank you. This one really is like overcooked in VR. It is a game where you're on like a team. You can also play by yourself, um, but you can play with others 
where you are making sandwiches and sending them out to, to your patrons, basically. That's the gist of it. It's kind of um, like a restaurant simulator. Yeah. And uh, it it quite is a restaurant simulator at some mm-hmm. at some points when you play uh, certain modes, it can feel a little not as fun and a little more worky. But if you play it in like there's like relax mode or something like that, um, just for it's fun. just yeah, the just for fun mode. It is just fun. You have like these ingredients that come up, you grab them, you chop them, you make your little sandwich. You talk with your um, teammates and work together, which is the fun part. And they also have some different um, different kinds of patrons that are there. You just have like normal people that are like the, I think they're like rats or mice or something <laughs> um, that you give. And then you have cats that are picky and you have wolves that are super hungry. So there's different things that you um, have to think about it can get kind of stressful but it's very fun what were your initial thoughts on this game well you get in and basically of course you have orders as the customers walk up and so one might be they want the rye bread with cheese on it so you have to grab this you have to press this button that opens up your cooler and you got to grab the loaf of bread you got to slice it really quick into a slice and you set on your plate and you got to grab the cheese slice up the cheese set on the plate get it all ready and serve it out The game is meant to foster this like teamwork between everybody there. So each person's station has different ingredients and there's this rotating table in the middle where you can like set the sandwich down and it'll slowly roll over to the other side. I think if the game was a little slower, that teamwork element would be a little more present. But the problem is you're so frantically trying to Mm -hmm. make these sandwiches to order quickly that it's like you just shout out one thing and then they like the other like ham and the other person cuts up some ham really fast. And they reach way over and slap it on the thing. You don't wait for that sandwich to come around to you. You don't set the ingredient down for the other person, let it roll over to them. No, you're in such a hurry that you're just like throwing stuff around. You're trying to move really fast. And it adds some extra layers to it because there's like potions you can get where you can like for one round, you can pour a potion on your knife and everything will be a one chop to chop it or a potion that fixes an ingredient for you or something. So there's all these different layers to it in that way. But the, the thing about it, and we're going to actually do a full review episode coming up on this, so we'll go more in depth there. But the thing about the game that got to me after a while, I really liked it at first. I really had fun in the lower levels. But the harder it got, the more it felt like I was managing a Starbucks again. Oh, and like, no. and like, I was just working. I was, it's not like you're sitting there pressing buttons like you are the overcooked, relaxing on your couch. I was standing up. I was reaching way over to other coolers to grab ingredients. I was slicing them up. I was having to rearrange the plate because I didn't align something just right. And it was work to make this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game's available on Steam and on Quest. On Steam, it's on sale right now for 15. It's 20 bucks on Quest. We haven't finished it yet, and I want to finish it, play some more before the review. But it definitely, if you're playing it just for fun with friends and you're laughing and having a good time, it's fun. But I, this perfectionist comes out in me when I'm playing these kind of games. Mm. I want to get three stars. I want to yeah. do everything right. And it starts to become almost more stressful than it is fun. Mm-hmm. I got to that point, too. Yeah, I. it's really fun like you said, at the lower levels, when you're just chilling, you don't have to go too fast. And when you have the time, because I feel like the essence of the game is the teamwork and the communication. And so when you actually have time to do that, I think it's really nice because I feel like it would be a great game 
for people to play as like a team building thing at work or something mm -hmm. like that, because it, you have to talk to each other. You have to make sure that you're, you know, looking at what's going on and then coordinating with the other person. Um, so I think that's a really nice element of the game. There was one thing um, I was thinking when we were playing it is that, like, I wonder if in the future there will be like robots that, you know, control all the stuff and, you know, these um, jobs that people have, like working at a fast food restaurant or something. But, you know, if you still needed a person behind it to operate it, if they'll just like put on a VR headset and like play a game, but they're actually going to be serving actual customers and maybe people will actually like it if <laughs> like if you only had to do that for a couple hours and you were like oh man how many can i get out and how many stars can i get for making sure everything's perfect like is that the future of work <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe robots will be doing jobs but they won't be you know autonomous maybe we're controlling them through vr across the world and still getting paid from that it goes through a whole like, nother I was going to say we can all be like Tina in that episode of Bob's Burgers where she's like a like a robot walking through the school like yeah FaceTiming through an iPad or something yeah uh, it, get, it also goes to another question of like how how come things like this can be fun when it feels like work well you're doing it when you want for how long you want so maybe if we only all had to work an hour a day for our job maybe there would be such thing as a miserable job because you only mm -hmm. have to do it for an hour uh we'll we'll go in further on one of our episodes of the review that's coming up on this so watch out for that if you want to hear more pistol whip got another update as they do another free dlc update if you want to talk about what this new update does to the game what it adds to it um we'll see how good i'll be at summarizing <laughs> <laughs> so there's the contracts update so it has contracts that you can um choose from there's daily i kind of think of it as like challenges mm -hmm. but it's like a contract because you know it's kind of like you're it's very john wick-esque like you have this mission kind of thing they have they have daily ones and weekly ones and monthly ones um which is basically just like the same levels that you've done but in a different way kind of and they have somewhere like it's some of the levels like put together. So you're not like choosing, Oh, I'm going to do this one. I'm going to do this one. It's like they're strung together, which is kind of mm -hmm. cool. And then there's also some new um, weapons updates. Do you want to talk about those? Well, yeah. So, and we, I guess we didn't say what pistol whip is. If there's anyone out there who doesn't know, oh. pistol whip <laughs> is a rhythm based shooter where there's music. You have a gun in one hand or in each hand, and you're propelled through a level to the beat of the music, shooting at people who are trying to shoot at you. Well, in contracts now, as Nat was mentioning, you've got these new, basically it's challenges. They're they're naming it something else and making it seem cool. But it's basically daily and weekly kind of challenge things. And the challenge varies. You can no longer choose the difficulty. It's chosen for you. And they choose modifiers. So sometimes it's headshots only, or sometimes it's they have double armor, or sometimes it's dead eye where your aim assist is turned off and you have to actually shoot accurately. And they pair different ones of these together with different guns to make kind of create a little narrative. But really the thing about the update, what it's doing, it's taking everything the game already has and making challenge levels out of it with different modifiers. And yes, they added a few new weapons and a few new modifiers, but they didn't add any new levels. They didn't add a new campaign. 
it really is just something for those who are getting a little tired of pistol whip or it's a little stale or maybe you're trying to use it as a fitness challenge it's something to get you in it and keep you engaged and going each day rather than just going back to okay here's the same song that i've done a hundred times let me do it again and try and see if i can get a little better score it's forcing you to explore more avenues of the game which i think is cool then it has its own leaderboards for that to see how you're doing against friends out there but Honestly, when Pistol Whip drops a DLC, normally it's something big. So for me, this felt a little little underwhelming or maybe even a little gimmicky just because it wasn't really something new. It was a new way of looking at the same game that's already there. That's true. Yeah, I was really excited when this was announced. And then when I went in, I was like, oh, this is cool. But, you know, it'd be really fun if there was a new campaign. Although Mm -hmm. I didn't like the last one. (laughs) (laughs) maybe they maybe they were sad and heartbroken i don't know i'm sure some people liked the last like westerny campaign but i don't know if it was as well received as the first one i definitely don't think overall it was because yeah yeah. their first one was epic and the the western one was fine uh so contracts it's not a bad thing it's free so i mean you can't say don't buy it because it's free Uh, but i was just kind of hoping when i heard contracts and they actually sent us a merch box of theirs to promote this it's a really cool merch box yeah the merch box is amazing but i thought you know when you like accept the contract there'd be like some hit mission at the end with some boss or something on each contract or something and there's nothing like that you're still playing the same levels you've played before and so to me it's like okay what what is this? It, it's just challenges. The contracts isn't really a great name for it in my mind. I would love to see them flesh this out a little better. Maybe the end of each challenge, they have some short mini level where you chase down the person you've been trying to take out this whole time or something mm. that just adds that feel of like, am I a hitman? Am I an assassin? Or am I just playing pistol whip with some new modifiers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair. It is, it is cool that it's free. I love mm-hmm. that developers will add these free things onto games and make them, you know, refreshed and cool and get people to keep playing them. So I really do appreciate that. That is nice. If you have been playing this DLC or cookout and you want to come talk to us, come join our Discord server. We've had some more people join lately talking to us about what games are going on. And of course, that's where we get our Q&A questions from. You can be there influencing the future of the podcast. We got another new patron as well. If you want to support us on Patreon, thank you so much. We want to say thank you to Virtual Reality Check who joined the Patreon. We got another <gasps> member over there. Aww, so nice. The, the, the Patreon is basically covering our operating costs, which is great because then our sponsor can go to more equipment that we need, more to develop the future of the podcast, which supposedly we are one of the top VR podcasts out there. So thank you all of you for helping us get to that point. Obviously, if you are listening to it, consider checking us out on youtube we get a lot more attention on the audio side than the youtube side but we do put in some work on the video side while we're talking you can see some trailers what we're talking about you can see our faces so feel free to check us out there (laughs) consider rating reviewing and subscribing to our podcast it really helps bring our podcast to more people so yeah we love a good review speaking of helping us get up there in that number one spot but thank you so much for listening if you've been out there you've been listening and thinking about vr it's time to just dive on in. in